Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and good morning to those in the world that are not of Christ. I want to talk about walking with the Lord, and I may have covered some of the things I'm going to say in other sermons before, but what comes to my mind is over the last few days, me being away in Portsmouth, I'm about to leave to go back now, it's things that I've been speaking to about to a brother about. The Lord has used me to rebuke him in so many ways. A guy that's walked with the Lord for 40 years, he says, 40 years, and basically acts like a religious person. He enjoys living in the world. He enjoys being here. He enjoys walking in his sinful flesh. And I'm going to say he enjoys sinning, but he enjoys being here, and he wants to stay here for a little bit longer. When people say things like that and do things like that, it's not pointing to them as a Christian. You, you're not a Christian in my book, because... The whole point of you coming to Christ is, number one, you die to your old self. You're baptised in water, then the Spirit can come and live inside you. And you're now serving God. You're not here to serve yourself. You're not here to honour yourself. You're not here to honour your family here. You're here to honour your Lord Jesus in heaven. And like Paul said, focus on what's above, not things of the earth. Colossians 3, 2. And he said, I would rather be with my Lord than be here. But I'm here because the Lord knows that I'm a benefit to you. You know, and that should be the attitude. But when you see so-called brothers or sisters that claim to be walking with God, that they say this and they say that, then well, what God is, God will do, he will challenge them through brothers and sisters that are in the faith, that are walking spiritually with the Lord. Because that's what it all comes down to. Your relationship is spiritual, not religious. Mankind has made religion. Mankind has made Christianity into whatever they want it to be, like the Catholic Church, a massive big building with all the fantastic clothing and all the fantastic rituals and all the fantastic singing and the rubbish that they talk after time. You know, that's man-made. That's not God-made. God didn't make religion. Man did. Man made all these conditions and they wonder why people hate God because they hate the Catholic Church. They are, oh, the amount of people that I've met this weekend that want nothing to do with God because of their Catholic faith as a baby. Being brought up in it. There's a woman I met yesterday that I've known a while. And it turns out she was born into the Catholic Church. And she hates the church because of what man has done. The so-called nuns. The perfect, holy, pure nuns. They're far from pure. I've met some. They're wicked. They're completely and utterly wicked in their thinking. You know, And they think they're going to get a special place in heaven. Pugh, talk about the seed. Massively. Purgatory fans. Go away. No such thing. So this brother of mine, who I can't call a brother at the moment because the way he's walking in severe error, you know, he 40 years a Christian and he keeps boasting about that. But basically he can't be deceived when Jesus says even the elect can be deceived. You know, if you don't check in on yourself, Paul says in the book of Corinthians, you, we all must examine ourselves all the time. Examine yourselves, Paul says. Because if you don't examine yourselves and check in on yourselves, you could be veering off a different path and you'll be in serious trouble. You just literally lose the main path and you'll be gone, finished, without you even knowing. And there's been many a story of that. So our walks are not religious. Our walks with Christ are spiritual. The whole Bible is spiritual. God is a spirit. Therefore, we connect with him spiritually. But if by our religious works, if we think we're saved, well, you're wrong. Go read Galatians 2, verses 15 to 21, right? We are not saved by works. Our works will not get us saved. Our works will not win us favour. Our works will not cover up our sin. Period. Finished. 
you must in genuine repentance in the spirit hence the spirit of god lives inside you because it's spiritual it's not rocket science there's a lot of people out there that literally are dumb and the book of proverbs in proverbs 12 it says people are stupid and in proverbs 15 it says they're gullible and believe me there are many gullible people out there in the faith and non-believers they believe literally anything and when I think about this so-called brother, you know, I've got to know him over a period of a year and I've really supported him because the Lord asked me to help him because of his age. But there's been things in the background that I've seen in the spirit that's very concerning and it's been kind of itching me for a while now. And it came to a head sort of this weekend when I end up, I don't like texting people, I can't stand texting, I don't like WhatsApp. Because when you think about it, in Paul's day, in John's day, in Jesus' day, everything was done via letter. If you couldn't say it to the person's face, you did it by a letter. And when you get a letter, right, you read it and you can't instantly respond to it. So you read it, you absorb it, you meditate on what's being said, and then you take it in, you think about it, and then you respond accordingly. But when you think about texting on WhatsApp, you're reading something and then you're already thinking about what you're going to send before you've actually read it and you're not listening to it. Right, because you amount of times before where the Lord has said to me, Steve, get away from texting and WhatsApp. Because what you can do is you can read something, take it the wrong way, respond, and then when you actually think about it, you think, Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Too late, you've already sent it. Now, messages were designed to pass a message on, Hi, I'll be there for 2 30, or see you tomorrow morning at 8 30, or Hi, my name is Steve, I'll be there at 6 pm. That's a message, it's not a conversation, it's not a letter, it's a message. Same with WhatsApp. I don't use it because if there's so much rubbish on there, it's unbelievable. And you as a spiritual Christian out there, you should all know the Lord will be taking you away from all these things. Even watching YouTube, I listen to some music sometimes, relax in the presence of God. And I've got to be very careful what I watch because it's very easy. You can get pulled in and it's not benefiting your spirit whatsoever. Um, so I just think about this brother, you know, and I really care about him, but and I said, brother, see that I'm automatically used to saying that, that I can't call him a brother because he's not walking with the Lord. He's walking basically with Satan holding Jesus's hand and you can't do it. You can't be living in the world and walk and being with the father. 1 John 2 verse 15, he who loves the world does not love the father. So if you love anything in the world, your family, I'm not, Talking about, you know, you've got immediate family, brothers and sisters and wives. If they're non-believers and you're a believer and they reject what you believe in, you can't have fellowship with them. And that's a fact. And this is what Jesus says, you know, because you can't be part of two worlds. They live in filth. They choose to live in filth. They choose to reject their light and live in darkness, right? And they choose to walk with Satan unknowingly, but they are. They live in sin. They lie, they curse, they blaspheme, they fornicate, and the list goes on. And you are part of that. No, you can't be. If you are convicted in the spirit and walking with the living God, you will not do it. Yes, you will do everything in your power to pray for them. You'll be fasting for weeks, fasting for months. You will be praying for their salvation because you love them. That's the best way to help them is through prayer. I have a brother, a half brother. Um, we're different from different fathers, you know, same mother. And we do see differently. But when you look, when we like yesterday got together for an hour, um, because I won't spend much time around him because obviously he's in darkness. But, you know, I do have my heart goes out to him and I do care about him, but he's lost. He doesn't want to know the light. He wants to just live in darkness. And that's his choice, but I can't be around him all the time. In the in the future, if the Lord calls me to, which I've got a friendly one, you know, 
I will preach and preach and preach and the other night I was preaching right in front of him. He didn't want to hear it, but I preached it. I don't particularly care what people want to hear. My job as an evangelist, who I'm called to, Ephesians 4.11, I am called to it and you have to be called to it because of situations like that. Because you'll be put in situations where you could be in front of a lot of people in your family and you start preaching that gospel. And you know that they're going to laugh at you. They know they're going to revile you. They know they're going to go for you. And when Jesus says in Matthew, um, oh, let me think, is it Matthew 5 or 7? He talks about, you know, when those, those people persecute you, revile you, be exceedingly glad for your reward is in heaven. You know? And these things you need to bear in mind that you are going to be rejected by everyone. And if you're more concerned about that than Jesus, you're not going to be saved. You're not walking with the Lord. Don't get this impression like the Calvinists do. Once saved, always saved. And you can do what you want, when you want to do it. Be with who you want, when you want, because you're a nice person. No, you're not nice. You're filth. You're not good. You're disgusting. I mean, you're bad. Mark 10, 18. Only God is good. Right? We are not good. It's only Jesus who is in us makes us who we are and in Christ. Righteous walking with the Lord. Good in his eyes. Walking with him. You have to be walking with him to be good. If you're not walking with him, you're not good. But people take it out of context because they don't know the Bible. This is one thing as well I know about people. They think they know the Bible and then God will send me in to speak to that person. And it turns out they call themselves a pastor. Like the other night, I met a so-called pastor of a church and I started talking about John 3, 5. He said, no, it doesn't say that. I said, John 3, 5 says... That you must be born again of spirit and water to inherit the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said. Do you want to get your Bible out? And he was embarrassed. He walked off. Convicted. Straight away in my spirit when I met him, I thought God did not put him in that position. God has not ordained him to be a pastor. I've met another pastor in Newcastle. This is important, by the way, the other night. Um, I met a, a pastor in the monument in Newcastle. And I'll tell you this straight away. In the spirit, God did not ordain him to be a pastor. And you can see it because it's not flowing off you naturally. It's just you and your power-seeking hunger for desire and power. And God will humble you. He says that. You exalt yourself, I'll humble you. If you humble yourself, I'll exalt you. This is what Scripture says. And the ones that have been called for certain things, like my friend Steve, he's a teacher, he's a good teacher, and he, and he knows a lot about prophecy and Israel and so on and many other things. But for his age, which a lot of people focus on in this world, he, he's really humble. You know, for a man his age, he's really humble and he seeks the Lord and his permission and he seeks him spiritually for guidance and he guides me. And I really enjoy his company because he walks with the Lord like that. Now, this other brother, I won't mention his name, he doesn't walk like that. He's the same age, actually five years younger. So my friend Steve's 75 and this guy's 70. He walks like someone in the world. He acts like someone in the world. It's like, you know, it's like, I don't know, what's the best example to use? Um, I don't know, it's like, you know, Steve's a real deal and this other guy's not. And what's the, what's the I'm not, I'm not putting Steve on a pedestal here. Absolutely not. Um, he has his faults. So do I. And so there's this other guy, but the good thing about it is he knows where his heart is with the Lord. And if he's wrong, he's the first person to say, Hey, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. That's very rare for someone in the age category of 70 in the United Kingdom. Because I've met a lot of people that have got their head up their backside, literally, thinking they know everything. And trust me, God will come along. He will use one of his men like me, and he will humble you and shut you down and humble you. Because he's not interested in arrogance. He will literally, in the book of Corinthians, it says, he'll just confuse the arrogant. And you'll go round and round and round in circles forever. Because he's not interested in your opinions. So, 
this whole this whole sermon this basis podcast is about basically arrogance and it's about so-called brothers or sisters that think they're walking with the Lord and when the Lord challenges you when he gets you to challenge them and you trip them up you know everything I said to him on this text and I don't like texting but for the first time ever he's engaged and responded in texts with me and I felt the Lord say keep going keep going and as I went with him he got pulled in and he was responding in ways he's never done before and I could see that I was stirring up his spirit and that's the main thing but no doubt he's probably brushed it all off because he thinks he's better and he does like I said, when I sit with him in the past and talk with him, it's like talking with someone in the world. There's of no benefit, no, no, no benefit in the spirit whatsoever. And if you know people like that, that call themselves brothers and sisters in the Christ, you're going to see that there's something wrong with you being with this person. And seek the Lord, and the Lord might use you to preach to that person, to get right with the Lord. That You know, they live in the world, and you say, oh, oh well, I don't want to go yet. Well, anyone who says that, it doesn't belong to the Lord. Because your first desire right now would be to be with Jesus, 100%. That if he came to you tonight, would if he said to you, do you want to come? Your answer should be, yes, I want to go right now. Can I go? Can I go? Can I go? And you'd be gone with him. Because all the people in your life that you do care about, you would have faith in God, he will take care of them. It's not for you to worry about them. Because each one of them are going to stand before God. Each one of them are going to have to give an account of their lives. You can't waver that. It says that in the book of uh, 1 Samuel, I think, 1 Samuel. Um, a father cannot waver the, uh, the sins of his son, and the son cannot waver the sins of a father. So, on Judgment Day, each one of them will stand before God. Now, if they're not with Jesus, they go before the great white throne judgment. Before that, they go to hell to be held. Then they go before the great white throne judgment. You go straight to Jesus, and you will give an account of your life of how you walked in the faith, you know? And don't make any mistakes. You can lose your salvation. You can lose and go to hell. Some people actually think once you're before Jesus, you're just there to have a chat. No, he's there to judge you. He's there to judge you how you've walked as a Christian all your life. You could end up in hell if you've lived in evil. There's so many false prophets and teachers out there. Where do you think they're going to go? I wouldn't want to be you, Judgment Day, pal. So, after everything I've said, the main part is, if you've got a brother and sister who acts like those in the world, which this one does, talks like those in the world which this one does, thinks like the, those in the world that like this one does that I know, right? You care about them, but the Lord will eventually pull you away because there's of no benefit to your spirit. Because when I sit with him in the past, he talks about rubbish in the world. He thinks like rubbish in the world. And he says he loves the Lord. Well, that's blasphemy because it's not loving the Lord, is it? How can you love the Lord and live in the filth? Now, Jesus, like Paul says, you can't, what's light got with darkness? What's good got with evil? What's the righteous got with the wicked? You know, what's, got, what's a horse got to do with a pig? It's like pulling a plough down a field, a pig um, tied up with a horse. It's not going to work, is it? The, the horse will be carrying the pig because of the power. But the what I'm trying to use as an analogy is but all a metaphor that basically, you know, you have no business with these people. You know, you've no business with them whatsoever. And I can't have fellowship with this individual anymore until they change. Now, if they get a revelation from the Lord over the next couple of weeks and months, they realize what they've done wrong and they repent of their sins and they get right with the Lord. They start walking with the Lord, putting the Lord first, because we're supposed to put the Lord first in everything in our lives before everyone and everything, you know, not second, which he is, right? He can't see it. This is it. He responds on his texts and he's responding like a worldly person with a worldly attitude. 
You know, if he was spiritual, he would see what's going on. That one, I'm not being personal. Two, I'm a man of God who walks in authority and I proclaim that. My ministry proclaims that. I don't need to speak. You know, I have got the gift of evangelism and teaching. I have got the gift of preaching. I have got the gift of casting out demons. That is one of the biggest things that shouts out to me that the Spirit said to me when I got saved, you will be doing that job, Steve. And I did for the first time, or second time actually. There was a house that was haunted on the top of this hill where I live. And I went up there and prayed in the spirit and the spirit's gone. Um, by the way, I'm a vessel being used by the spirit willingly. And it's not me that's doing it. It's the spirit in me that does it. But I've got the authority of Christ in me because I walk with the Lord. That's the authority that you have. When you walk the Lord, you have the authority in Christ in you. Luke 10, 18, Jesus gave you that authority. You're a son of him now. You're an adopted son of God. So he took over Adam. Satan is lost at the cross, completely annihilated and finished. But he goes around like a roaring lion seeking who may devour. But those Christians in the faith that are strong in the faith will know they have power over him in Christ, that you are not to fear him. And when you tell him to disappear, he slings his hook. It's as simple as that. You know, my old granddad saying, sling your hook, son. You know, and basically that's the situation with him. You're not to fear him whatsoever. He is not the brother of Jesus. He is not equal to Jesus. Let's get that straight. He died on a cross, he was buried, and he rose from the dead, conquering death. That means Satan is finished and done, and he knows his time is coming to an end, and you are not to fear him. But if you walk in sin, and you're not walking with the Lord, then I suggest you start fearing him, because he has a right to you. He can discipline you, and the Father will discipline him. Look at the book of Job. Read Job 43 or 46, when basically Job was stripped of everything. God, God allowed Satan to test him. Test him, test him, test him. And he stuck to the Lord. And in the end, he was rewarded with double of everything. Now, some people may say, well, he took all of his family. Where do you think his family is? His family's not in hell. Chances are they're in heaven. But if they were wicked, they're in hell. Read the story. I'll let you figure that out. So before I finish up here, I just want to say, it's going to be sad for most of you. You'll have so-called brothers and sisters that are walking in sin. They're acting religiously. There's nothing more frustrating when someone's religious because it's just fake. It's false. Even when they pray, it's empty and dead. It's works. It reminds me of what um, Jesus said in Matthew, is it Matthew 5 or 7 again, when he says basically, you know, don't be like the hypocrites when they pray in the corner of the synagogues, in the corner of the streets, for they have their reward. What he's saying is basically they're doing it to show off. They're doing it to get praise off man. And boast it's like when you fast don't tell people just keep it between you and the lord the lord will reward you openly but if you were around with a thing on your face oh, look at me i'm tired oh what's wrong with you oh, i'm fasting oh and they give you a kiss and a hug yeah you've got your reward you're not getting anything from the father because you're boasting and this is what they do and all you can try and do is preach the word of god if that's your calling if you're a woman you can't if you're a man and it's your calling to preach, then preach. But if you are called to it, it will come naturally. If you're not called to it, it won't. It'll be a struggle. And then when you meet someone like me, you'll be shut down on the spot. Not just me. There's many others out there that will shut you down on the spot. And then you'll get frustrated and upset. You'll get humbled. And then, you know, it's either turn to the Lord or turn away. But that's the time you're going to face it. So I'll pray for this brother and I'll always keep him in my prayers. But as for fellowship, I can't have it with him because he'd be sitting with like a Catholic priest or a Church of England priest. It's boring. It's like when they pray, it's like, 
you know, because I'll just you just switch off because it means nothing. It's empty, dead. But the ones in the spirit that operate in the spirit, when they pray, it's from the heart in the spirit, and you can feel it. It's powerful. It sets your spirit on fire, you know, because it's in the spirit. And it's sad. But when I see so-called brothers and sisters acting and doing as they do in the world, right? And this brother that I'm talking about, which I've been speaking, speaking most of um, this morning about, right? He had the opportunity one time to go home. He was basically on the verge of death. And he chose to stay here and be with his worldly family. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that's betrayal. As far as I'm concerned, that is a coward act. Because the first thing is your law first. If he wants your home, right, you go home. Right, but your free will can stop that, and he's allowed you to stay here because he will never invade your free will. So he didn't invade his free will. He said, "Call the ambulance to him in the spirit." We heard this voice say, "Can call an ambulance." Now I wouldn't want to be him in front of Jesus one day because, as far as I'm concerned, that is betrayal. And you know, it'd be like someone gave me a good analogy once. It'd be like, Steve, there'd be all these people in the waiting room, right? And Jesus comes through and he goes, uh, "You lot over there, you stay there. I'll see you in a bit." Ah. Oh, my son, my true and faithful servant, Steve, come here. Great to see you. Come here. Give you a kiss. Come on in. That is the relationship you want. Because not everyone is going to get the same welcome. There'll be some that will skip through the flames and just make it in. And Jesus will look at you and go, oh, you know, people. You imagine the people in this day. He was literally banging his head against a wall. The amount of dumbness and how stupid people are. Right. And he and he loved them because of how dumb they were. Because they're just incapable of fixing themselves. That's why he died for them. But I don't want that relationship. I want him to say, Steve, my true and faithful servant, come here. Well done. Good man. The whole world came against you for me. You loved me. You stood by me. Right? You didn't father. You didn't You didn't compromise. Another thing about this brother, he's compromised. Any brother out there that takes this vaccine, phew, you're no brother of mine. Right? Because the Lord told me, and I've told you guys in a previous sermon, the Lord's voice told me, those who belong to me will not take the vaccine. You will know. If you're a Christian, you will know not to take it. You don't need to. Your faith is in Christ. He will provide everything. But if you belong to him, you won't take it. If you don't belong to him, you will. That's the way I see it, and that's the way it is. Look in the Bible. Find me one situation that someone compromised, except for those in there that weren't gods, weren't, uh, sorry, belonging belong to God, you know, or um, kings that compromised because they're weak and pathetic. You know, like the king that was in the, the book of, um, uh, where is it, Judges, uh, Deborah, that was used to, as a woman to lead Israel. Yeah, because the king was that useless and pathetic. If you read about him, it's just an embarrassment. You know, just imagine a guy, you know, like a little puffy man. Uh, please help me. <laughs> you know, it's not a leader. You know, God has used her to embarrass Israel because the men were pathetic. And it's like going to the book of um, 1 Samuel. Like, uh, when, you talk, when you listen to little young David who took on Goliath you know a boy had more faith than all the men in the area and that's why he later on becomes king because he had faith in the living God he put trust in him he didn't trust himself and he went up against a man that was taller than me right with armor who was fearsome and he beat him with faith and that's what it's all about faith and if you don't have it then you're lost because you will perish simple as that you need faith in this world. You need to draw close to God in the spirit and pray in the spirit and seek the Lord in the spirit. Because I'll tell you this, when Satan comes with his spiritual weapons, Ephesians 6, the armor of God, 
what does that mean to a religious person? Nothing. There's nothing they can do about it because it's it's all spiritual talk. The whole Bible is spiritual. Everything is said is spiritual, right? If you're not using these tools in the spirit, you're useless in the, in religion. It means no good at all. It's just works. It's just things that come out of your gob. It means nothing. You really, guys, honestly, people need to see the Lord in the spirit because if you don't, it's a religious act. It means nothing. It won't benefit you. You won't get nothing from it. It's just empty, dead works. In the book of James, it talks about works in the faith. Before any of you were saying that earlier on, works in the faith are a reward in heaven, but your works are not replacing genuine repentance. Your genuine repentance are on your knees in the spirit, not acts in the flesh, not by your religious deeds. It's disgusting. And that's what the Catholics believe in their filthy doctrine that they use all the time. And I love coming across them because they just they trip up every single time the Lord, the Spirit comes out of my mouth. And then when I teach them the truth that God loves them, that they are to reach out to God in the Spirit one-on-one -on -one with Him, not Mary. You don't bow to Mary and she doesn't intercede on your part. Jesus intercedes on your part. I guarantee if she was here right now, she'd say, don't you dare put me on a pedestal. Don't you dare. I am not the mother of God. I am the mother of Jesus in the flesh. God who dwelt in her, sorry, dwelt in her and became a baby, doesn't make her the mother of God, makes her the mother of Jesus. And Jesus being God, but he's divine and holy above all. Hence, when he was at the banquet, he said, woman, to his mother, woman, I'm telling you. He didn't say mummy, I'm telling you. What he's doing is putting himself above everyone. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. No one's above him, not even his own flesh and blood mother. Look at it spiritually. This is the problem with people. They don't see God spiritually. I've seen him in a vision with eyes of fire in his full glory. And trust me, on judgment day, you won't be eyeballing him and you won't be saying anything. And you'll be begging if he's not happy with you. And it'll be too late. So, I love everyone dearly. And as an evangelist, it just it goes, my heart goes out to people. But there are times when I just think, Father, why am I doing this job? And the, and the Spirit comes and says, because Steve, you're good at your job. You won't compromise. You won't, you know, I felt the Spirit say it to me many times, you won't compromise. You're not like them, Steve. I made you different. I made you before the foundations of the earth, right, to be, to be mine. You're direct. You're bold. You're honest. You don't compromise. You won't side with people. You're on neutral territory. You're on neutral ground. You won't take sides regarding color of skin or people's background. You are the same with every single person. And I will be. And I don't care what any of you think of me on the end of this podcast. If you like me or you don't, that's not my business. Your business is to be walking with Jesus rightly. And if you don't, you'll go to hell. It's as simple as that. Jesus is on this path. You are to follow me. He says, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. Repent, repent, repent. Why? Because if you don't, you can't be with him. You are saved in him and no one can take you out. That's John 10. No one can take you out. But listen to what John 15 says. Read John 15. It makes it very clear. What can happen to you? If you abide in him, he abides in you. You pray much fruit, you'll go home. If you don't abide in him, you don't bear any fruit. Guess what happens? The father cuts you off and throws you into the fire. Game over. Just read scripture. Stop taking things out of context. And that's what the Calvinists do. That's what a lot of people do out there in denominations. They take things out of context and make it wrong all the time. All right. Religious people can be saved. However, 
they have to first be right with the Lord in the spirit. And if they're walking right in the spirit and they're being religious, that's between them and the Lord. But if you're religious and you're living in sin, you're walking in sin and being around people in sin and you want to stay here, the question for me is, are you saved? Because anyone who's maybe had a powerful ministry when they started can easily veer off the path. And as far as I'm concerned, this brother I've been talking about, right, I think he's veered off the path a long time ago. In my eyes, he betrayed the Lord. And he will submit to taking the vaccine. I know that, if he hasn't already. And if he's been telling me, no, I haven't taken it, but he has, that's a lie. You can't tell lies. Those who tell lies are of the devil. This is what the Bible says. You are of the devil. You are children of the devil. You are not of me. I get tempted to lie a lot, and I do not. I will tell the truth, because the truth is what makes you righteous in God. But if you live in lies, if you slip up sometimes and you tell a lie because you're afraid of someone or something and it's genuine, God forgives you because you're, you were born into sin, you were corrupted, your flesh is corrupted. But if you walk with your sin, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death to the flesh. You will die and you will perish. Your body will perish, you will perish, but you'll still be living in hell. It's like, for example, this brother said, give me a good analogy. If you get hold of glass in your hand with water in it, right? It's a glass that holds water. But you put a tiny hole in the bottom and the water drips out, the glass is still a glass, but it's compromised, right? So it's, you chuck it away, don't you? You don't keep it on your mantelpiece, do you? It's got a crack in it, it leaks. So what do you do? Well, it's still a glass, but it goes in the bin. You're still a human being, but you're going in the bin. Why? Because you're perished. You're of no use to the Father anymore. You're filth, you're wicked. And you've chosen to do that, not him. You've chosen that. So I pray that what I've said today will make many of you think that if you're religious, right, if you're religious and not spiritual, you will, you will perish. Simple as that. You have to be spiritual with the Lord. Seek him in the spirit. He's a spirit. The whole Bible talks about the spirit. Paul talks about it. Everyone talks about it. Jesus talks about it. It's clear as daisies. And if you don't see it, then the question is, are you saved? Just because you say the prayer once, oh, Father, I'm a sinner. Can you come into my life? Amen. No, no. You must be born again of spirit and water. John 3, 5. Jesus says something, you do. He says, jump, you jump. If he says, do this, you do it. And it's a commandment in John 3, 5. John 3, 3, John 3, 4, John 3, 5. The build up to John 3, 5. Read it. It's a commandment. You must be born again of spirit and water. You're baptized in water and the spirit can enter you. Do you understand? Now, some people may say, well, in the book of Acts, people gave their lives in the spirit and they were saved. Don't take it out of context. Read what it's saying. If someone got shot in front of you and they're bleeding out on the floor and they've got five minutes to live and they gave their life to Christ, they would go to heaven. Yes, because they were, they didn't know they died, but they gave their life. But if you're walking around freely and you know you should be baptized in water and spirit and you're not, and you say all these wonderful things, it'd be like what Jesus said in the synagogue, your lips honor me, but your hearts are far from me. The meaning you're talking rubbish you don't mean it god will not compromise on judgment day he will sentence you he is just and holy remember that he is just and every single person will be treated fairly and equally and you're not walking with him rightly what he said you must do you will go to hell ending in the lake of fire do you understand make no mistake what jesus says you do finished end of you don't accept one single letter in that Bible. You don't accept Jesus because Jesus is the word. John 1. In the beginning was the word. 
The Word was with God and the Word was God. The Holy Bible is Jesus. Read it and you'll get great revelation. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus over this message, Father. I pray that this morning, Lord, that people understand that being religious won't get you saved. Even being a theologian won't get you saved. Theology doesn't get you saved. What gets you saved is being born again in spirit and water. Walking with you in the spirit, Lord, to seek you with all of your heart, their hearts, Father. To walk after you, to chase you in the spirit. Ephesians 6, the armour of God, when the enemy comes to attack us, Father, that we are to put on the, the breast, breast, breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. To seek the Lord with all of what we know, Lord. Ephesians 6, the armour of God, Father, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the shield of truth, the sword that cuts through people's hearts of the truth, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, Father, that people seek you with all their heart. They seek you with everything that they need to seek you with, Lord. We need you, Father, in the spirit, and we need to follow you with all truth. Not religious acts that many people think will save them. Their good deeds, their boastful deeds will not save anybody. It's genuine faith and repentance. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that people seek you with all their heart. That we love you, Father, and you love us, that you send someone into the world a savior to redeem us through the blood of jesus that cleanses us that we walk after you that you are the high priest the high commander and we answer only you jesus i pray lord in jesus name amen god bless you all one thing i will say perhaps i've got ephesians 6 the armor god a bit muggled up there it's been quite a while since i've read it but when you read ephesians 6 it tells you what the breastplate and the helmet and the sword and everything else does but you'll get what I'm trying to get at, right? Basically, we need to put on spiritual weapons because if we don't, we're all going to get attacked. So I love you all. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Bye.